Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee served the Lord for more than seven decades, and these life studies represent his contribution to the ever-expanding understanding of the revelation of the Bible. The purpose of these life studies is to present the truths contained in the scriptures and to minister the genuine life supply, to solve the common and hard problems found in the Bible and to open up every book of the Bible through interpretation. We're very happy to bring you selected portions from his speaking today. If you'd like to learn more about the Life Studies, please visit our website at lifestudy.com. Simply lifestudy.com. Now, here's today's program. In his epistles, the Apostle Peter frequently mentions the matter of salvation, but he does so in a context that's somewhat different from how most Christians normally think of salvation. For example, in chapter 1, verse 5, he says, a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. Of course, our common thought is that salvation was revealed to us when we believed and received Christ as our Savior. Then in chapter 2, verse 2, Peter says that salvation is something that we grow into. Once again, The typical thought is that salvation is what we receive once for all at the moment we believe. Well, in fact, there's a real measure of truth to the salvation that we receive when we first expressed our faith in the Lord Jesus. But, and this is a crucial but, the salvation that Peter refers to repeatedly in his writings involves much more than just our initial salvation. Matt Miller has joined us today. Matt, good to have you here. We come to a crucial matter today, don't we? We do, Chris. There's several crucial matters in this life study, and I'm really looking forward to it today. Let's talk for a moment about verses 4 and 5, particularly there, the context of our program today. We'll also get into 6 a little bit at the end. Chapter 1, verse 4, that verse says, "...unto an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and unfading, kept in the heavens for you." And we talked about that in terms of the time reference that's normally assumed when we read such a verse, but it doesn't necessarily mean that this inheritance that's kept for us is only to be enjoyed by us in the future, does it? No, it doesn't, Chris. And that's an important point as we get into this life study today, because we use this word salvation and many people, and that's a a common question, yet if you really think of it thoughtfully related to the Bible's thought, especially here in First Peter, you ask, well, am I saved from what? Am I saved from eternal perdition? Absolutely. If I'm a Christian and I've received the Lord, I'm absolutely and definitely saved from eternal perdition, and I, I should never have any doubt about that. That's absolute. It's final. It's eternal. And the enemy should never cast any shadow of any doubt on that salvation. But then the question is, Am I saved from other things? And there's a verse that I was looking at here in verse 9. It was one of the ones you didn't mention in your opening, but I'd like to add it to what you said, because what you said was good, those verses. But this phrase has a reference to salvation also. It says, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Yeah. And man is tripartite with a body, a soul, and a spirit. And when we get saved, John chapter 3, verses 3 and 5 talk about that which is born of the spirit, big S, is spirit, small s. And that's when we get saved, our spirit is born again. That's the part of us that gets born again is our spirit. But our soul takes a whole lifetime to go through the process 
of salvation. And that's the end of our faith is the salvation of our souls. I better stop now, Chris, because we're going to get into this more as Witness Lee develops it and we go on with the program. Yeah, and I, I think that's a good point to underscore, Matt, as we begin here. This phrase, even the salvation of our souls, not the common typical thought that normally brings to mind. The salvation of our souls really implies or suggest the full salvation of our whole inner being. And I think that's where you're going, and that's what we want to develop today in this program. Now, I mentioned verse 5 in the opening. I just read verse 4. I'm going to read 4 and 5 again so we get a good context for Witness Lee's first sharing. Sounds good. Good. Unto an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and unfading, kept in the heavens for you. That's verse 4. Then verse 5. Who are being guarded by the power of God through faith, unto a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. All right, here's Witness Lee, and then we'll come back to talk about this, Matt. Verse 5, who, this refers back to you in verse 4. Kept in the heavens for you, who are being guarded by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Now, here you have to understand that to enjoy, to participate in the heavenly inheritance today, you need to be guarded. That means you need to be kept in the right position. We all know sometimes we may be distracted. We may be removed by something from the right position to enjoy the heavenly inheritance. We all have experienced this to some extent in the past, when we were somewhat carried away by something from the Lord. At that time, mainly, we lost the enjoyment of the inheritance of the eternal life. So we need to be guarded, to be protected. And uh, thank the Lord, we are being protected by the power of God through faith. The power of God is on God's side, and faith is on our side. And this has to cooperate, then we will be kept in the right position to enjoy, to participate in the heavenly inheritance, and the result is salvation, unto salvation, resulting in salvation. Here, this salvation is no doubt the ultimate salvation, which is the full salvation. Matt, just to review a little bit, we saw very clearly that this inheritance being kept for us in the heavens is not just for our future enjoyment. It's really our portion day by day, and it happens to be heavenly in its nature. That's what's implied or meant by this phrase, kept in the heavens for you. But as he mentioned, and I think we all relate to this many times, we are sort of distracted away from the enjoyment of that inheritance. So we need to be guarded, don't we? And we're guarded by One provision of God matched by one provision of ours. Pick that up. Oh, I I love this, Chris, because the power is on God's side. We're guarded by the power of God, yet it's through faith. 
So on God's side, there's the power that's able. But on our side, there needs to be the faith to cooperate because it's through faith. And so in a sense, we have this heavenly inheritance that we can enjoy here on earth. And God wants us to do that so we can live by another life. We can live a heavenly life on earth. We don't have to be in the muddy, dirty life. Even if it's clean, it doesn't have the heavenly nature that we've inherited in our salvation. When we were born again, we received something of a heavenly inheritance. And God's power can save us. And we need that power. But without our cooperation, it's hard for the power to save us. And I wanted to give a quick illustration about this, Chris. I was thinking, as Witness Lee was describing, of experiences I've had where I was removed from my heavenly inheritance. I got distracted. I think every Christian has. We've all been removed from this wonderful inheritance. And we find ourselves in a darkness, in some death, some right. It, right. just a, remove, a removal from the enjoyment of that wonderful heavenly inheritance. And I was thinking, the times that I experienced that removal were times when I may have made a bad decision. For example, one time, I think as a, a young man, going to certain kind of movies, it left me in a condition of removal from the enjoyment of that heavenly inheritance. And just the other night, I had some college students in my home, and we were having dinner, and we had a wonderful night of fellowshipping around the Word of God and enjoying the heavenly inheritance. And I was thinking, as I was preparing for this radio program, how about these young people? If they had gone somewhere else that evening, would they have been enjoying the heavenly inheritance as much as if they had used the faith to come and spend yeah, an evening right, right, to talk right. about the Word of God. What a contrast. Yeah, The power of God was there, protecting them, putting a garrison around them to keep them in the enjoyment that evening. But without them coming, how could the power of God have done it? doesn't do it on its own. So our faith uh, is really, that's the only means by which we have to cooperate with God's power, isn't it? I mean, there's nothing we can do inherently in ourselves to trigger God's power. But when his power, which is uh, his desire, is matched by our responsive faith, then there becomes a conduit, a channel for that power to operate, to guard us. And I like the word you use, garrison, which really means to kind of put a, a fortress around us, I think, doesn't it? That's right. It's it's just our response to what God's done. Yeah. Well, Matt, we never want to be cut off from the enjoyment, even every day, of this eternal inheritance that's kept in the heavens, this thing, this inheritance that is divine in nature, really matches God in nature. And it's really what accomplishes what we are going to talk about, not just today, but I think throughout this life study of Peter, both first and second, uh, it it accomplishes the full salvation. Of course, the initial salvation uh, we refer to in the opening, that happens at the moment we believe, and that is effective to transfer our eternal destination from the lake of fire into God's presence, and that will never be nor could ever be undone. But between here and there, there's many things we need to be saved from, and there's stages and aspects of salvation that are often neglected in the Christian life, and that uh, I think those things will be very much in focus in this life study, won't they? Absolutely. In fact, we better go on because the next section talks about these three stages of God's salvation and some thoughts about God's dispensational punishment related to God's full salvation that I'm sure are going to be new to many of the listeners. Good. Let's go to Witness Lee. The full salvation of the triune God comprises many items in three stages. The initial stage, the progressing stage, 
and the competing stage. In the first stage, from what things you have been saved? In the second stage, from what things you are being saved? In the third stage, the competing stage, the ultimate stage, from what things you will be saved? You have to uh, find out these things from which you have been and you are being and you will be saved. The full salvation of the triune God comprises not just salvation from eternal perdition, but salvation of our souls from the dispensational punishment of the Lord's governmental dealing. This dispensational punishment of the Lord's governmental dealing is altogether lost by nearly all the Christians today. But it is in the Bible. Have you been saved? Yes, you have been saved. Yet, suppose the Lord Jesus comes back today. Could you stand before his judgment seat? Could you stand there peacefully? I don't think so. Your conscience would tell you that in so many things you have never been saved. So by that time, you'll be dead at the judgment seat of Christ. Then what will be the result? Positive or negative? I hope positive. But suppose the result to you will be negative. That would be some kind of punishment. This is not the eternal perdition, but it is the dispensational punishment of God's governmental dealing. Matt, we had two uh, gigantic items in this portion. It's a short portion, but it was loaded down with these two gigantic portions. Uh, I think we'll have time in the third section to come back to the second of these. Let's start with this whole concept that salvation is in stages. There are three stages uh, to our salvation. I mentioned in the opening word, Chris, that when someone's born again, it mentions in John chapter 3 that the first stage, the initial stage of our salvation is when our spirit is regenerated. Right. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. So our spirit is regenerated. That's the initial salvation. That's the initial stage of salvation. Let, let me inter- interject here. That's what typically when people say born again, this is the part we're talking about, right? Absolutely. The next stage of salvation is called the progressive stage of salvation, and that's the stage of transformation. You know, we get saved in a second. We accept the Lord. We get regenerated. We're saved eternally. It's, it's a very quick, simple thing. The Lord has made salvation very simple through all of his work. Right. Now, the, the next stage of salvation, this progressive stage, it takes a lifetime. It takes the transforming of our soul. It takes the renewing of our mind. You know, 2 Corinthians 3.18 talks about being transformed. This word transformed, that's a change. There's a metamorphosis taking place in our soul. We change the way we think. We change the way we feel. We change the way we make decisions. This is over a process of time, and the Lord does it slowly. And the last stage, the consummating stage of salvation, the concluding final stage is the when our body is transfigured. And it says that the last trumpet in Socks and Thessalonians will be changed and we will be like him. Okay. Right. So our body is transfigured. So our body, our soul, and our spirit are all saved. That's the 
full salvation, the complete salvation in these three stages. An initial stage, just immediate. A middle stage of our soul, a lifetime. And a concluding stage that's in the twinkling of an eye. That's wonderful, Matt. Uh, It's interesting that these three stages correspond. You mentioned a, a moment ago that we are beings of three parts. We're tripartite. Uh, that means there's three aspects to our being. There's three stages of salvation, and these match up, don't they? These connect. This initial uh, salvation that takes place instantaneously at the exercise of our faith really regenerates us in our spirit, and our spirit uh, experiences or b- contains the one who is salvation. But And at the end, our bodies are transfigured, as you said, in the twinkling of an eye. But in the process in between this middle part, our soul is the one that really requires the ongoing work, doesn't it? And it's also the part that leads us into this other gigantic section of this portion that Witness Lee just shared about, about the judgment seat of Christ. I mean, Chris, before I came to this ministry, I'd read the Bible, but I was never clear about this phrase in Romans 14.10, the judgment seat of God. And in 2 Corinthians 5.10, we shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That's a judgment for Christians, which is different than the judgment of God, which is for unbelievers at the great white throne in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11, at the end of the thousand-year millennium. But at the beginning of the thousand-year millennium, Christ sets up his judgment seat for the believers to judge them either with a reward for those who are enjoying the inheritance today, or for a punishment the ones who are not. Witness Lee introduced this term governmental dealing. We'll come back to it, I think, in this next section. And uh, this governmental dealing is really the one connected to what you're talking about now. It's the judgment upon the believers. And though there is a time in, in the future at the Lord's coming when there will be actually a judgment seat of Christ for the believers, in a sense, we know judgment begins at the house of God. That judgment has already in, in a way begun, hasn't it, Matt? And that is where this aspect of God's governmental dealing comes into play in the daily life of a Christian. That's a good segue, Chris, into our final portion. All right, here's Witness Lee with that last portion. Guarded by the power of God through faith into salvation, and this salvation is ready to be revealed at the last time. What this term, last time, refers to. This last time... It's not just one hour or one day. It's a period. And the end of this period is the Lord's coming. And this full salvation will be brought to us by the Lord's coming back. Verse 6, in which, which refers to the last time. Whenever we think about that day, we become excited. In which, in the last day, you exalt. Not exalt. It's not A here, it's you. Exalt, that means joyful or rejoicing to the uttermost. In the last day, you exalt, though for a little while, at present. You see, this is the comforting word by Peter. If it must be. It's quite uh, meaningful, <laughs> if it must be. Sometimes, sorry, it must be. We need it, right? We need a kind of a, a trial. Though for a little while, at present, if it must be, you have been made sorrowful by various 
trials. Now you are made sorrowful, right? By some kind of uh, trials. You have to realize you need it. So with you, it must be. But just a little while. Just a little while. A time will come that will be the end of the last time. In that time, the full salvation will be revealed to you. So you have to exalt in that time. Matt, let's go back to this verse he's reading here, verse 6. It says, though for if for a little while, at present, it must be. That's really referring to the day-by-day things that come upon us, that try us, that cause us to suffer. And we can connect this to this phrase, God's governmental dealing. That's what we're talking about here. Things that the Father either allows to happen or orders to happen uh, for our sakes. Connect this to what we were talking about in the last section, and that is the salvation of our souls, this progressive stage that we were uh, discussing. Well, Chris, the Apostle Paul used the illustration in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 of our work being tested by fire. Yeah. And he said, uh, some will, with gold, silver, precious stones, some wood, hay, and stubble. And obviously, when you put wood or hay in a fire, it burns up. But if you put gold, silver, or precious stones in a fire, it makes them better. Gold gets purified by fire. So the thing is, is when we're Going through the trial, the end of that verse, it says, if it must be, you have been made sorrowful by various trials. We go through trials. There's a fire that's yeah. testing us today. And, you know, it, it says in 1 Corinthians 3 that you will be saved, yet so as through fire. Okay. So that, again, it comes back to this matter of dispensational punishment. We are saved, but saved through fire. So eventually the end result is what in our life can pass through the fire of testing, of a suffering. And and so as today, when I go home to my wife and my kids, there may be some various trials. I mean, the Lord is <laughs> Maybe not, some fire waiting for you. <laughs> and, 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 and I don't mean to that we should have a cloud over our head. I don't mean that. It's just we're not looking for it. It's just the Lord brings various trials. That's what the verse says here. I, I love Peter's word. If it must be, you have been made sorrowful by various trials. Everyone has different various trials, but the purpose of the various trials is for our perfecting, and we should always remember the coming of the day of the Lord. That's why I think uh, that's what the exulting is. We have the exulting to know when the Lord comes, there's going to be gold through this. Really good the way Peter, on the one hand, he's speaking a, a kind of sobering word pointing us to the fact that our faith is being tried, tested, and even by fire, as you said, Paul points out. But yet, at the same time, Peter is comforting us here. He adds this modifier, though for a little while. And that's one reason we can exult in the thought of that day, because this is temporary. This is not our eternal uh, destiny, is it, to have a kind of suffering and trial. This is uh, what we're going through in this stage of salvation. But in the coming day, there'll be a full salvation revealed, and the little while will be no more. A little bit is a lot different than inheritance. Yeah. An, an eternal, eternal inheritance. inheritance. Really good. Enjoyed the fellowship, Matt. Uh, hope that you and I will be able to come together again for future programs. And of course, you'll probably get a chance to sit in this chair before we're done in this life study of First and Second Peter. Thanks, Chris. I'm looking forward to the life study of First Peter. Well, we hope that you're looking forward to it as well and uh, that you have been enjoying it. And we have these uh, printed messages and 
As I said, you know, we just covered a little bit of some major items that uh, we think you'd uh, really benefit getting into the printed material. So if you'd like to get these uh, volumes of First and Second Peter, contact us. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Or write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or send email to radio at lsm.org. For Matt Miller, I'm Chris Wilde. Thanks very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one, and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.